Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, Managing Budget Podcast listeners? It is Saturday morning, currently 9 a.m. Eastern slash 3 p.m. Central European time. What a crazy, crazy weird day. Uh, woke up to the news that Karim Benzema is officially leaving. That was an entire roller coaster of a week. The last few days, he's leaving. He's not leaving. Um, Carlos saying he has one more year left on his contract, which... There was kind of a bit of a surprise, not an entire surprise, but kind of because it was never officially announced. Uh, but then it turns out that Carlo is, uh, I don't know, a tier Z source, just like Zidane was with transfers. And Benzema is officially leaving now. So that opens up an entire discussion of what comes next. But more importantly, before we get to that, I think there needs to be a discussion on Benzema himself as the greatest striker in Real Madrid history and how weird it's going to be not having him around. This is not that today. Um, we're going to basically turn the post-game show for the last game of the season, Athletic, later today. That's going to go up tonight. We're going to basically turn that post-game show into kind of like an end-of-season exit survey kind of deal, which will be also combined with an emergency Benzema podcast. So this is not, not that. This is just something else. Um that was recorded on Thursday in the mailbag over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. Lucas and I were asked about Harry Kane, short-term deals, long-term deals, Firmino. And even though it was a few days ago, I think the conversation is still relevant now um, because it does take into the equation that Benzema might leave. So we discuss what the options are. And there's also a bonus segment at the end, which is about the myth that English players can't succeed in La Liga and I go through and debunk that. So that's the clip today. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really busy. There's going to be news breaking that we don't even know about yet. Yesterday, Asensio, Mariano, Hazard, that became official. The Hazard bomb was definitely kind of interesting, but I mean, it goes to, goes to show you what kind of career Hazard had at Real Madrid that he's not even going to get a tribute or emergency podcast. He's just going to be kind of mentioned in passing as a footnote. That in itself is, is quite surreal to think about, but 
yeah, enjoy today's clip. If you want access to the full thing, patreon.com slash managingmadrid. A ton of bonus content. And also, Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles. Houston, we just announced. If you're in Houston and you want to come see us, we're doing a live podcast there. The venue and date, time, all that is now finalized. Go to the show notes, click on the link, and book your spot to the Houston podcast before July 1st because prices go up. And, uh, yeah, Los Angeles and Dallas, just keep your eyes peeled. We're going to announce that in the next week or so, okay? All right, enjoy today's clip. Let's get it. The weekend says, hey, guys, with the way the striker market this window is looking like, do you think we should go for Firmino? instead of Harry Kane and have La Tassa or Alvaro play as his direct backup for this one. This one season as Mbappe and or Holland would be attainable next summer and Endrick's arrival coinciding with that. And why haven't we been linked with Bernardo Silva, who I feel is the perfect answer for our right-wing problems, especially with Asensio leaving. All right, let's start with Basically, the Firmino-Harry Kane dilemma, which is kind of long-term versus short-term commitment. Are we willing to, like, punt on next season and tank already? Because this is what this question looks like to me, if I'm being totally honest. Like, are we willing to punt and tank next season in order to have a chance, only have a chance, to sign (laughs) either Mbappe or Haaland in 2024, which... I'm not entirely convinced of uh, that possibility being that realistic or that possible or attainable, if you will. So I don't know. I think Real Madrid definitely... It depends a lot on your perspective. Do you want to waste a season of Vinicius and Rodrigo? Do you want to waste a season of Pic Courtois? Do you want to waste the last, uh, quite possibly the last elite season from Cross? by having a Firmino and Firmino and La Taza slash Alvaro offensive line, which by any means this it would be extremely mediocre and would pretty much prevent you from winning anything next season apart from maybe the Copa del Rey. I'm not sure. I don't think Real Madrid should do these kinds of uh, moves or these kinds of uh, tanking similar to what other NBA teams are doing. So my answer would be no. My answer would be no, especially if you don't have the certainty of signing neither uh, Haaland nor Mbappe in in 2024. It's not a a certainty. So I would definitely not tank or punt on on a season just to have that possibility. So I haven't haven't heard La Tassa's name in a long time, but it's a hard (laughs) pass for me. Like if it's obviously between him and Alvaro, it's a no-brainer. It's Alvaro. La Tassa's just not up for this task, even as a backup. Um, But, you know, you know, I do those daily Instagram like questions and answers. A lot of questions were like, should we tank next year? And I mean, I was like, what does tanking really mean in this context? Because I grew up like watching the NBA and NBA tanking means you are rewarded for tanking by getting a draft pick. That's not how football works, obviously. And with Real Madrid, there's no patience for punting out on a season. You know, it's just there's zero patience for that stuff. Like if we're gonna be if we're gonna ask to be not signing a replacement for Benzema and just going all in in 2024, which as you said is not a guarantee to get either of those two stars, it's a really risky business. But if you were to juggle it, it essentially comes down to Firmino short term or Harry Kane long term, and I guess not that very long term though. Four years, let's say. 
Yeah. Not sure, but okay, let's let's no, put it like, for years. Like you and I agree, we're on the same page that if you get Harry oh, Kane, yeah, yeah, sure. you want him Absolutely. on a short-term deal. But realistically Absolutely. speaking, if Real Madrid were to get him, Definitely. I don't think they would agree to that. Absolutely, like, yeah, it Harry would Kane be four years, a minimum. Yeah, yeah. So it would be four years, realistically. Yeah, yeah but um, what in 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 terms of his performances, for I don't think you can bank on him being elite for the next four years. Four years only takes him to 33-ish. All right. I, th I thought he was a bit older then. So did I, only because it just feels like he's been around for so long. And he, you All know, right. All right. He let's, is only 29. Let's say four years then. Okay. Let's it's say four not, years then. It's, it's not fair. that bad. Like, so, some people have pointed out to me, like, hey, Keon, like, he hasn't been that injured in the last few years, which I think is 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 fair enough. And the other thing I would I would say also, in addition to that, is that a lot of people want to compare him to Hazard in terms of uh, older player, you have to spend a lot of money on. The difference, obviously, is that Harry Kane is more professional. He takes Absolutely. care of himself. I'm and, a big fan of Harry Kane. I'm a big yeah. fan of the potential deal, even. I, I, my problem is the fee. My problem is, is the fee for years that you would be able to enjoy him. Because, to be honest, when you sign these $100 million uh, transfers and you don't you are at least expecting that that's not going to be your only contract your one and only contract with the player you know you expect to keep him maybe for at least two or three more contracts it happened with Ronaldo obviously it happened with Bale it's going to happen with Tuameni if he is able to perform at a high level so it's quite clear that Kane would only have maybe one contract and then a single year extension on his on his tank. So my only problem would be the the transfer fee. I'm a big fan of Harry Kane, the player. I'm a huge, huge fan. I really like him. I think people would be impressed and, and surprised by what he can offer, really. He would be a very good replacement for Benzema on a tactical standpoint. So I'm a big fan. My problem is that I don't see him leaving Tottenham for less than, than 100, and I don't think he's worth that at this stage of his career. Definitely not worth a hundred. Like the the numbers of like eighty million. Look, it's it seems really high, but I will just say this: if you lose Benzema, and you have no one next year apart from Alvaro and possibly Firmino, I think eighty million is worth it. Oh, you're desperate. It's it, it's a it's yeah it's a point of desperation, right? And look, if let's be let's be really honest. Harry Kane is still in his peak. Yeah. If if Harry Kane comes in and gives you 30 goals a year, which he can do, which he absolutely can do, maybe even more because he's never been really around a, 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 this much talent. And know? the playmaking also. He's a huge yeah. player. Yeah. He, may, he may actually score more goals than he did at Tottenham. If he that's worth 80 million to me. That is. It is. No, it is, man. It come on. Like in this market, especially, but this this is a question that many people have. Like, if does that mean you can't get Erling Holland in twenty twenty four? Probably, just like with City, if they ended up getting Harry Kane, but the deal collapsing at the end, or I don't know if collapsing is the right word, but Levy was just not going to sell him to City. They wouldn't have got Holland, so it worked out for them. Now we're in a situation where if we get Kane, we probably won't get Holland in 2024 if that is even on the table. But I don't think it would get in the way of an Mbappe signing. 
<laughs> Real Madrid and Real Madrid fans should stop um, planning the team's squad relying on Mbappe slash Haaland. You get, uh, you know, you start thinking about that when that possibility comes. You should, we should not uh, build the squad and face the planification for the entire next season based on what might happen or might not happen with Mbappe and Haaland in 2024. This is just my, you know, what happened last last summer with Mbappe. It's clear to me that real, you sh you always have to to have a sustainable and a quality plan B with these kinds of transfers with big uh, oil clubs involved. You just cannot trust these situations anymore. You just can't. You you just cannot trust these players to choose uh, Real Madrid for half the money they were they they are going to make in their current clubs. You just can't. So we should stop uh, doing this uh, roster building around the idea of potentially signing either Haaland or, or Mbappe in 2024, in my opinion. So again, your point is we are on, we're on the same page. Where it seems to me that we are both fans of, of Kane as a player. But again, eighty million. When when I when I spend eighty million, I probably expect at least a few more contracts, man. I, not just not just the one, not just the in, one. And in, in twenty twenty three, that's hard to do, man. Yeah, I know. It's hard to do. Don't you think? Well, I think there's a question about him. Don't you think you could get Lautaro for a similar fee? Similar. Yep. Oh. You for for eighty million? Similar. Let's say one ten. Now I'm confused because I'd rather have Harry Kane than Lautaro anyway. And if Lautaro is going to be more expensive I don't than know. Harry Kane, I don't know about that. I don't why, know about why, that. But why? Why? Kane is a better player, but like Lautaro has what a decade left left in his tank. Probably also a smaller deal in terms of his uh, salary. Um, I Kane is a better player. I I realize it, but but I think Lautaro is, is still. How old is Lautaro? Twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. I don't know. Those extra four years might make the difference for me. If I'm being honest. When I'm, you know, in order for me to be that comfortable of spending about spending the, that much on an attacker, you know, the the possibility the possibility of having this player for an, a decade instead of for the next four years, to me, it makes a big difference. Plus, we don't know. We can say the same about Kane because it's true that he hasn't have hasn't had the help that he would have in Real Madrid. But definitely, we can say the same about Lautaro. I feel like we don't know. I think Lautaro could be a lot better than he's been in Inter. You know, considering how defensive minded is is the Serie A. Not a, I'm not saying Lautaro is the best striker in the world, but to me, the gap between them both isn't that big for me to pass on those extra four years. Hmm. I mean, 
I I, I don't know. I, I guess it depends what your squad looks like. I I I kind of see Lautaro as someone who can't be your main goal scorer, mm -hmm. but is a complementary kind of player or someone who comes in off the bench. And I think maybe that disrespects him a little bit because obviously he is inter starter and um, has scored solid amount of goals. I guess you're you're taking it. If you go from Lautaro to Harry Kane, you're going from a good goal scorer to a great goal scorer. Mm -hmm. And then, but if you're justifying Lautaro for a long-term deal on a similar price, possibly more. That I just I just don't know if he's the guy. I don't know. You can also talk yourself into not signing Lautaro because Rodrigo is a similar profile in the center. Kane is more of a difference maker. So I get all the points. To me, Kane makes sense. And Real Madrid will be in a desperate spot when slash if the Benzema situation is confirmed. So um, I could see it happening. I would support it uh, happening also. I think Real Madrid will be in a desperate spot. And I don't think the Firmino uh, slash Alvaro offensive line is, is, is enough for a, for a club like Real Madrid unless you're ex just accepting tanking at this point. Jumil Carrillo says, and this will be the last one we take. Uh, hey, guys, a question for the next mailbag. I love Jude Bellingham, and I hope he does well with us. But historically, when Englishmen have played for us, they haven't necessarily been the best transfers. Is that just a myth or is it really true? I would love to know your thoughts on this. Thank you. It is absolutely true. Whether that's because of coincidence or because there's something behind uh, that fact, we just don't know yet. But it's it's definitely and and one hundred percent true. It's you know what you can you can see Woodgate. You can see. Well, it's true that Bale, obviously Bale became a legend here, but in terms of them establishing themselves in the Spanish culture and learning the language, being comfortable around the press and all that, it's not it's not ideal for them. But it's true that you can make an argument for players like Bale or, or Beckham that they worked out, but the ones that didn't failed massively. So, But I think we can establish the fact that at least they don't, not even one of them has actually embraced and, uh, and actually accepted the, the culture and the language all that well. So I don't know. I think Belling, on one hand, Bellingham is, is young enough. And also pro possibly the experience of him having to play in, in Germany for the last two or three years will be huge in this regard. You know, he's already used to playing in a in different country than, than, than the United Kingdom. So... I think it will be. I I'm hoping, and I think it will be pretty much a non-factor for for Bellingham. That 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 last point is interesting. Of the fact that he has played outside of England and he may be already adapted to, you know, being away from England. That's a point I haven't really thought about. It's a good point, but I'm very excited to disagree with you about the other part about Englishmen not succeeding. Um, I get so. First of all, I'll say that it's not a massive list. It's not like you know. We have a hundred players to, to look at and look at the sample size and the data and say, okay, this, this doesn't work. The sample size is small. It, it's not, I think it's way too small to say this is a bad idea. 
to say English players don't work. I also think that when we look at the sample size, um, we're way too quick to judge it. Like the, this is the reality. And we'll start with Laurie Cunningham. Yeah. Laurie Cunningham was one of the best wingers in the world when he was healthy. Like he was an incredible, incredible footballer. Maybe even one of the more underrated ones you've had in our history. Um, but he also had a couple major injuries, which were devastating and he couldn't recover from. That's not the club's fault. Uh, the other one is, or sorry, that's not the player's fault. Nor is it really the club's fault who, who gave him a, a shot. And he was amazing. Uh, especially against Barcelona in a, in a historically one of the better classical performances we've had in, in our history from an individual player. And then you have um, Steve McManaman, who <laughs> as much as fans are annoyed with his commentary was absolutely a success came in and immediately helped us play better football in the wing an attacking presence an attacking midfielder Versatile enough to switch flanks when Figo came and then continue to earn his place when Zidane came. One of the best players of that decade, scored in the Champions League final. Great success. Uh, David Beckham, like you talk about embracing culture, Lucas. He did that. Ah, come on. No, nah. he, no, no, uh, no. The fans loved him, man. He First of all, he worked really hard. Yeah. He um, tried his Everyone best to learn Spanish Beckham. right away. Uh, he was always wearing Real Madrid attire, like even Spanish. from day one. I don't yeah. think I've ever heard him speaking Spanish in a fluent way, in a press conference, if you will. No, I don't think I don't think he was fluid in talking in in um, Spanish. But radio and... interviews, press conference, players delivered press conference press conferences back in the day, and pretty much every single every single week. I don't recall Beckham speaking Spanish, but anyway, you know, you also had those controversial quotes from 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 Victoria, his wife, about Spain and all that. So I don't think he embraced it. It's true that the fans loved him. Everyone loves Beckham. Uh, every period. It ends there. But I don't think he embraced the culture. I wouldn't go as far as saying that. Well, I, I don't know what it means to embrace the culture, to be quite honest. Like, what is it that is expected? What it is, for example, I think. So what did Modric do to embrace the culture? Just learn the language? Yeah, basically learn the language and being willing to speak the language with the rest, that language with the rest of his teammates. I see Modric talking to his, uh, to his, uh, to every, to each and every one of his teammates in, in Spanish, for example. I'm, I don't know. We, yeah, I guess it's like, we know, we know that Beckham went went and made the effort to learn Spanish. And while I don't think he became absolutely fluent, maybe like a Modric, but his Spanish understanding was pretty good by the end of it. Like it wasn't in the first couple of years, but he was taking Spanish classes. He was, he was, he was trying to learn. Like that's, that's the, but, but like the bottom line is whether he was fluent in Spanish or not giving Spanish press conferences or not, which he, he wasn't doing. There was a few. There are a few videos of him speaking Spanish. I don't. They weren't press conferences, but the the bottom line is fans loved him and he played. Yeah, good sure. So sure, I, sure, I would sure. consider him a success. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, if you fast forward, Michael Owen was just a bad signing for the club. It had nothing yeah. to do with him being English. Like, yeah. why did we bring him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Raúl Morientes, Ronald Nazario. Um, Same as Wood. Yeah, and, and granted, he actually had a good goal scoring ratio when he played. Yeah, which didn't yeah. Make sense as a good signing. 
Yeah. Uh, Woodgate was just a disaster because he was injured. He was injury riddled and not because he was English. Correct. And so that I don't think it has to do with being English or not. I think we take this sample size and we just kind of exaggerate this narrative. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can I see call that. it a myth. That's fair. That's fair. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.